Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Join me now on the Fly the W podcast. You have our play-by-play announcer for the your Tennessee Smokies, Mick Gillespie. Mick, how you doing, buddy? What do you say, Crawley? Great to be here with you and I uh, love the studio. Hey man, it's uh, the the Cubs cave. The, the the it's it's getting there. The old Cubs clubhouse. We're we're working on it. But uh, you know, the reason I wanted to have you on is that for the second season in a row, the Tennessee Smokies are in the postseason. And you know, obviously, everyone's got to be excited down there. Could you tell me what some of the differences are between that 2022 and 2023 Smokies team? Uh, well, we're really excited. Obviously, the team hasn't won a championship since they've been a Cubs affiliate since 2007. And as a matter of fact, it's you got to go all the way back to 1978 since the Smokies were the champions uh, alone of the Southern League. So fingers are crossed. All you got to do is win four games, right? It, it sounds so easy, but uh, it, it's tough to do. Last year, the Smokies lost in uh, the championship game. They lost them. Um, they, they got to the final and then won the first game, lost the second game, and then got blown out in the third game. But uh, it's a different type of team. You know, it's, it's almost pretty much an entirely new roster. We had uh, Hollywood Pete, Pete Crow Armstrong, for most of the season. And uh, he was just such a, 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 an electric player, a ball of energy. Really, really love what he does every day. And, and I think eventually he's going to get comfortable. He's going to get something going with the Cubs in the big leagues. And, and all of you guys are going to see that hopefully sooner than later. But when he was with the Smokies, I mean, just great outfield defense and a tone setter at the top of the lineup who uh, it's almost like I told Doug DeCenzo, he's got like x-ray vision, you know, like he could just pitch into dirt and he's gone, you know? Yeah. Um, and so he was great. A lot of power. He had a 16 pitch at bat and, and hit a home run. And I made like a short video of it on the Cubs baseball channel, my, my podcast, because I was like, man, I've never seen this before. I even told him, I'm like, I don't know that I'll ever see that again. 16 pitches and the 16th, he hit a grand slam, right? So we had him, Owen Casey, who is the Cubs' number three prospect uh, in a really talented system, right? He's the right fielder. He's in the top five or ten in every offensive category, power, uh, strong arm. He's a, he's a five-tool, eh, maybe not as much speed, but he's not slow. So maybe four of the five tools, but a potential star player down the road. Uh, when he's ready, he's got to make a little more contact. I think the strikeouts, I, I would want the, to, the, you know, the strikeouts to kind of diminish. But, uh, but I, I, I'm not 
that that's not how they play the game anymore. You know, like you're allowed to right. strike out. I just think it, when he makes contact, good things happen, right? So more contact means more hits, means more home runs. But he still has had a tremendous year. Plays great defense too. Smart guy. Only he was only 20 years old in in the Southern League, which is really young. And and he was one of the best players. And then turned 21, and he still is. But he takes his defense very serious. He he said, you know, watching Pete Crow Armstrong kind of helped him develop that. Uh, just because, you know, you see you see Pete every day and, and you care. But then it's like, man, this guy's taking it to an entirely different level. Um, so, you know, those two were kind of the cornerstones of the team. B.J. Murray has been uh, inconsistent, but he's been good. You know, like great eye uh, probably needs to develop a little bit more pop, you know, as a third baseman, a corner infielder uh, moving forward. But um, good player. Uh, another young guy that is a switch batter, he hit home runs from both sides of the plate in the same game, which is the second straight year that that happened. Jonathan Perlaza did it last year. So I love switch hitters. So that's cool Like the, like that the Cubs have guys who are uh, diverse like that. You know, they can hit from both sides of the plate with power, um, you know, kind of like uh, Chili Davis or Eddie Murray or, you know, um, uh, Mark Teixeira type guys. But as far as this team goes, um, the pitching was was it's been up and down with the pitching. They had uh, DJ Hers, and then he was traded in the uh, in the Jamer uh, Candelario trade, and then you know, and then now he was kind of inconsistent, and now all of a sudden he's like uh, you know looks like a Cy Young Award winner <laughs> in their organization, which is crazy. But the funny thing is, we had him and Wicks, and those two are so similar. You know, you could tell like kind of what the Cubs look for in pitchers. Right. And right. I think hers is going to get to the big leagues and he's going to probably be good like Wicks has been. So um, so we, we had both of those guys very similar, kind of hide the ball, change up first pitchers, which I think really works in the big leagues. We had we had him and um, at the beginning of the season had Ben Brown. And the way that it works in double in A is you play the first half and then you, you start over and play the second half Well, the Smokies had the lead in the first half and a couple weeks before the end of the half, uh, they made a change with the manager who um, uh, Michael Ryan, who we all really loved um, was, you know, kind of like, uh, I don't want to say he he was definitely a a real serious kind of, you know, baseball X, you know, X and O's type manager Um, really well-respected. Um, and then he left and then we got Kevin Graber, who's a really nice guy and, and has, you know, spent a lot of time in amateur ball and, uh, actually, uh, Jared Banner, from what I understand, played for him, the, you know, who's with the Cubs front office and runs the minor leagues. And so it was kind of one of those emergency situations. Um, but Graber just has this really awesome, positive energy. I think that's like his superpower. You can't be around him and uh, have a bad day, you know, like he's kind of like Joe Madden, you know, in that, in that, in that aspect. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, like this is, he was the, the, I think he was like the field, maybe the field coordinator and now he's the manager. Um, How that's going to play out when you're in the postseason and, and you're, you know, you're pulling levers and, and all of that stuff, but it's only four games and who knows? I mean, he, he was like a really good prep um, uh, man, uh, high school head coach or whatever, like legendary. So, you know, baseball is baseball. So we'll find out. So with that, um, trying to line up the pitching right now, the Cubs number two prospect, Cade Horton, 
will start game one on Tuesday against Chattanooga. Uh, he's an excellent prospect. I mean, he's exciting. He's a front-end starter, really nasty slider, fastball that he can locate. Uh, they don't really let him pitch much. You know, like you'll see him for four innings, maybe five, never six. And so the thing that I, you know, I'd like to know is what would he look like seeing a team the third time through the lineup? You know, I think that would right. help him. But but we're not going to see that. It's going to be four or five innings. But in the in the four or five innings that we've seen, his stuff's really good. And um, and then there's a guy named Walker Powell who's going to pitch game two. And this guy was like undrafted. The Cubs did who with the scout that found him like called him on the phone and it was like. You know, here's two thousand dollars in a plane ticket, and all, <laughs> right, and all the guy's done is just he's just taking advantage of that. Like he's gotten better and better. He's a, there's a lot like Javier Assad, where you you're like you, you because there's no money invested in him, and you know he's not you know blowing you away with the analytics. Maybe it's you're, you're kind of slow to appreciate the fact that you know getting pitch to contact outs and getting strikeouts when you need them, and you know setting up hitters and, and throwing strikes really it still works. Um, and so he's probably going to go game two. Cole Franklin, who's been up and down but has good stuff, would be probably game three against Chattanooga. And then I don't know what we would look like if we get to the championship series, you know, which would start on Sunday. But uh, pitching-wise, you know, it's been, uh, the, it's been up and down. Uh, Blake Whitney is a guy that's been with the Smokies for a couple years. He's been really good in the bullpen. Um, right, there's a reliever named Riley Martin. Love watching him. He's got like the long flow and and you know and some facial hair. And he's a left-hander comes in and you know throws some pitches. Hunter Biggie, who's another reliever for the Smokies. Guy, the guy went to uh, I believe it was Harvard, a Ivy League guy. Wow, look at that. <laughs> he's really smart <laughs> physics. And then you know he he throws. Uh, like 97 and when he's on he's unhittable so it, it all comes down to really these guys taking advantage of opportunities Matt Shaw just came up and uh, Shaw was the Cubs first round pick from Maryland shortstop very good uh, defender great bat speed I think the Cubs scouting did an excellent job picking this guy that's where their their bread and butter has been like you know is the complaints have been you know about developing pitching um, and, and, you know, you could say, well, it's, it's drafting or, or it's development or whatever, but you can't argue with the success that the Cubs have had picking up guys like Shaw, you know, so like, they did a great job scouting. He's getting better and better every day. Really fun player to watch at shortstop kind of has that, that Nico Horner type leadership characteristic that you can just tell when you watch him play. And um, and then like uh, because South Bend's not in it this year, you know, a week ago you turn around and um, Kevin Alcantara is there and three other guys that are all prospects. And Moises so, Ballesteros and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, you know, that's the thing that I think a lot about is, is that when you look at this roster up and down. Now, obviously, mm -hmm. PCA has moved up and a couple other guys, but this is a group that you saw win the first half in Myrtle Beach. A bunch of them win the championship in South Bend last year, and then they're here. So there's like a core group of guys that have kind of all gone along the same path. So when you think about the postseason, they're not going to be rattled by anything. There's nothing that, you know, they faced elimination in South Bend, all that kind of stuff. They've been here before, so they know what it takes to win. And that's what I what's getting me excited about watching Tennessee in the postseason. 
Yeah, I, I believe and having spent half of my life in, you know, minor league baseball, I believe winning is developing. And I know there's a there's a debate, you know, some people think that it's not. And, and, and you know, and some people like me know, I don't think I know that it is because there's a winning mindset that you develop just as a, as a player. That's not about stats. It's not about analytics. You know, you moving you moving a, a runner over in a spot, just get you know getting them in position to score. You know, think about the 13 inning game that the Cubs played on Saturday against the Diamondbacks, and you know how many times they could have won, and then you know how things ended up going right. And if you're in the minor leagues and you're playing a game like that. And you're saying, you know what, we're going to worry about get, who's going to get hurt instead of worrying about winning the game. Then you're not going to have the experience of winning a battle like that. When, and, and look, that game, it's just one game, but it felt like 10 games. <laughs> you know, I mean, think about it. it mentally, it feels like 10 games. You, you win the Cubs in 2016 won all the games, right? They won those type of games. They won the blowout games. They won the close games, you know, and, and they won the World Series. And then you got into the World Series, having won all of those type of games helped them win the whole thing, right? Right, when you're down three games to one, and, and, and they still didn't quit. They didn't quit, no. I, I was at game five, and I'm going, you know uh, – crap man what are we gonna do i was there with ben ingram the the braves broadcaster and wayne randazzo who's the angels broadcaster pretty cool group of guys to hang with and um and 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 it's like just the vibe at wrigley i i did not think that the cubs were out of it i just didn't we went to breakfast before the game and we're talking and you know and i'm like no I just knew it. I knew it because they because they had figured out a way to win a lot of those games. I think that the minor leagues are the same thing. You got to teach people. You got to teach players to expect to win. You want to have that high standard of winning. And when we talked to a lot of the players who won with South Bend in 2019 um, and then some of the guys that won last year, they say it's like their best moment in 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 baseball that that winning that championship. So. Cubs, if you're listening, let's get it in Tennessee, right? <laughs> we haven't won one in forever, so let's make sure that we continue that winning and uh, and get a Smokies ring for the first time since 1978. Uh, that would be phenomenal. So, you, you know, you, you you were talking a little bit there. Obviously, everyone's excited to see Cade Horton, and then you talked about Powell starting game two and Cole Franklin, good friend of ours, and been on the pod on, in game three. Um, what hitters should our listeners be kind of paying attention to in this postseason? Who are the guys that really kind of, as far as, you know, maybe leadoff guys or guys with some pop that, that you should be kind of watching? Well, I mean, it's, I think that everything starts at this point with Owen Casey. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. He's, you know, he is a, a, a player who has been with the Smokies all year long. He's going to be, you know, 
batting second or third in your lineup and you're expecting him to, uh, you know, to, to do some damage. I'd say it all starts really with him. But B.J. Murray, you know, the guys that have been there. Uh, and then Alcantara, I mean, that he's a power hitter and, and, and drove in a lot of runs. So I would think that those guys. But the thing about the playoffs is it always seems like it's someone unlikely that ends up being the one that made a difference in a series that was the difference between you winning and, and, and you losing, right? I think if, if you're going to sit there and go that route, then my money's on Pablo Aliendo because he seems to be a guy that just, yeah, he's, he, everyone loves him. And and he's the type of guy that like you were talking about Doug DeCenzo earlier. I don't know if we were talking about it beforehand, but just one of those guys that just somehow is in the right place at the right time. And and that he's a guy that I really love and I'd love to see him be a difference maker for uh, Tennessee. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, I I don't know who, it's going to be, but I just, you know, I, I mean, look, I, how many years did we say just one before we die? Right. Right. And I think it's like the Smokies are kind of the same thing. We got the best owner in minor league sports. Um, his name's Randy Boyd and he is the biggest Smokies fan. I mean, just the biggest. And we would, we would just love the experience of him getting to have a championship ring. You know, like our championship ring. And I'm not taking anything away from the Cubs championship ring we got. That's That was awesome. And I mean, it's like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. But, you know, having a Smokies championship ring for us would be really special. So I'm hoping that it happens. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, they always do the ring ceremony out in spring training. So <laughs> that, that, that would uh, – I hope I – if it does happen, I'd love to be able to catch it. Now, three guys that you – you know, you talked about one. You talked about PCA, but two other guys that have started um, in Tennessee and now are in the majors, Miguel Amaya and Luke Little. What did you – did you see anything when you saw these guys at the beginning of the season and you said to yourself, hey, these guys really have a chance to maybe make it to the bigs this season? Amaya would have been there a long time ago. Remember, what was it, two years ago? And every single Cubs catcher kept getting hurt. And, and it ended up being like Tyler Payne got up there for a game, you know, like which would have been the most unlikely of guys, you know. And, yeah. um, and, and some other guys, too. And Luke he, Little. He's, he's <laughs> well, I think that Amaya would have been there, right, if it had it not been for that. But he came back from surgery, and, and right off the bat, he was hitting. And um, defensively, he, he's good. I've, I've noticed that he's gotten a lot better in the big leagues. Uh, but I was surprised that he went up to the major leagues as fast as he did. But they really like him. I mean, look, he's, he's up there and, and you know, they, they you know, got rid of uh, Tucker Barnhart. So they, they feel comfortable with what he's doing and he's getting better. And I think working with Jan Gomes helps him a lot. So, um, uh, you know, his game was good. Luke Little's a really interesting guy. It's this big lefty that sometimes just has no clue where the ball is going. And then other days he is impossible to hit because it looks like he has no clue where it's going, but he does. So you're never comfortable in the box. You know, it's like, and we saw the, there was one of the games against Colorado. I think it was right. Where he just was like all over the place and bouncing things. And there's a lot of moving parts with him. He's just got to work on, just repeating his delivery and and be more consistent with his command, but he is nasty. I mean, I'm talking about like it always looks like it's going to hit you and then comes in and he's uh, throws hard and he's a big intimidating guy. It's six foot, you know, eight. He looks like the type of guy that would just like pick your car up if you were in his way, you know. So, 
Uh, I, I was, you know, I did a video on him. Some of these guys, when they get caught up to the big leagues, I'll just jump on and just do a quick show and be like, hey, here's here's what I think about this guy. Um, and Luke Little was one of those. And uh, uh, I, I'm excited about what his future looks like. But the reason he's there is because the Cubs really don't have left-handed options, you no. know, and they're just they're just begging for some of my left-handed um, you know, like if Brandon Hughes could get back, that would help them out a ton. Now, the question, so you guys are going to start, like I said, the postseason is starting for you guys. And the thing I like about Tennessee is you guys always have great promotions. And so I know with the playoffs, that it's where you want to get the crowd really into it. You know what I mean? Get those vibes going. What does Tennessee have up their sleeve for the playoffs? You know, we do the rally towels, you know, which is fun. You get out there and you get a rally towel. And um, I, I don't know for the first game that it's like a, you know, like a big giveaway other than the towels, but we have fans who like, who really support the team. And when we're in these type of games, it's really crazy how many people show up and are, I mean, like, you know, like Wrigley South, you know I mean? And people are just out there and they're fired up um, and they make a lot of noise and they stay on the umpires the entire game. It's been such a privilege to be their play-by-play guy. Um, and it's not the major leagues, but if you, you, you know, and this is what they, I've tried to leave a few times and, you know, for different stuff and, and, and the owner's like, Hey, you know, great guys. Like, cause if you're not, if you're not going to be in the majors, you might as well, well be here. And he's right, man. I mean, like it's, and it starts with the fans, you know, like they are the best fans. Like they love the team and they know baseball being a Cubs fan forever, like we've been, we're the same way. I mean, sit there and talk about all these different teams and what guys mean. And, you know, you'll go down there and talk to them. And, and you know, they remember, you know, players that were, you know, 1978, for example, last time the Smokies won, Tony La Russa was the manager. Harold Baines was on the team. You know, and a bunch of guys that played for the Sox in 83, um, and, and including most of their pitching rotation, came through Tennessee. And people will remember that. They'll talk about that, you know. So the great fans, they'll be fired up. And I, I'm expecting that Tuesday night will be um, a pretty ruckus, smoky stadium. Well, it's going to be especially ruckus because Tennessee is bringing back one of their best promotions that I, I one of these days, it's my dream to go and attend to the game. Oh, like this. yeah. Free beer <laughs> so, night. Is it free beer night? Free beer night. Okay? Yeah, so, yeah. For yeah. those of you listening right. that have not heard of this, <laughs> all you got to do is purchase a Smokey's 2023 Mason jar, and the beer is free until the opposing team scores. Yeah. It's, it's one of the funniest promotions. Talk to us about that real quick because I love this thing. Yeah, look, and I it was like free beer night for me while watching college football uh, Saturday. So <laughs> dealing with that right now, the next day after free beer night, you know, drink a lot of fluids. Right. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great promotion. It is so much fun because you, like you said, you, you get the, the Smokies Mason jar and then you just go fill it up, uh, until the other team scores. And some like this year, Walker Powell pitched and the, and he gave up a run in like the fifth, and it's the loudest boo when a run scores. <laughs> we had a year where the, the team scored. We were playing, I think, Montgomery, and they scored like the first batter singled right through the middle, stole second on the second pitch, and then a base hit, and we're down one zip. And the place went nuts. They were so mad. And then the guy comes over to the PA, and he's like, 
free beer night. We'll go until the third inning. And everybody was happy after that. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely, but, but to do it during the postseason, like you want to talk about even yeah. amplifying an already jacked up atmosphere. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I'm absolutely loving it. So Mick, if people wanted to listen or watch these postseason games, where should our listeners go? Look, it's, it's gotten a lot easier. Um, if you have the MLB app, or the, you know, the, the MLB where you watch the Cubs app. And I guess you guys probably in, in Chicago, you pro- people probably don't do it as much because of blackouts. Right. But mm-hmm. if you're not in that area, that's where I watch the Cubs every day. We're on there, too. So you go down and it's like double A and, and that's where we are. And um, the, unfortunately, right now, only the home games are our broadcast, which is one of the really one of the best in baseball. Uh, we just have a great team. And um, when we're on the road, you would have to go to like the uh, MILB app and you can listen to us on there. And then you know, what I would suggest is that you listen to us and turn the sound down when we're on the road, <laughs> especially through these games. You know that. Let me tell you about broadcasting these, Crawley. It's when you're in the minor leagues, it's it's a totally different broadcast than when you're in the majors. And, you know, I did spring training for a long time and, and, and that was a great time. And we, we would really focus on the game and we talk a lot about the players and kind of introduce Cubs fans to the up and coming stars and, 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 you know, lay out what the, you know, the situation was in spring training every day. And I miss doing those, uh, those webcasts. They were, were fantastic. And, um, and then you go and you do the minor leagues and and people care about the team and they care about the games, but it's more entertainment. So right. you're on there every night and you're, you're talking about things that aren't necessarily uh, baseball related, or maybe it's, you know, what, you know, what great giveaway somebody has and um, what, what sandwich someone made. And, and I always, any kind of story with animals I'll talk about, you know, and, and so people, they listen every night and, we're 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 laughing and we're having a good time and we're telling the, about the players and their families and the backgrounds there and then you know if a crazy story happened we're getting into that and we're laughing about it because for us to maintain our audience that not the hardcore baseball fan but just the person that's the casual listener being on like a just this really we're on I guess what the score's equivalent would be in in Tennessee the sports animal they're not going to listen if it's just straight up minor league baseball, because they don't really know the players. Right. Right. Um, so, so the whole season's like that, you know, you're, you're kind of balancing like what's going on with the team with entertaining. Well, that all ends when you get into the playoffs and that's what makes these broadcasts so much more fun is it is straight baseball. Like it would be if you were in the major leagues, the, the right. playoffs. And last year, the, the Smokies had two of the most, incredible wins in the first round they beat the probably the best team in the league in the first round last year and they played two of the most amazing games and game two i i didn't do game three i had uh, another con another i had a conflict and i had to go take care of that other broadcasting job but um game two jonathan perlaza made this incredible catch uh chase strumpf hit you know like a home run that put us ahead it was like just as a broadcaster, just like one of those pinch me type games. Yeah, the catch that Perlaza made to, to end the game, if he would have been playing right field for the Rangers, they would have beat the Cardinals in that World Series. 
Wow. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it was it. This was the most epic catch ever, you know, and to be on the call for that and just to be like fired up and, you know, doing the the Jack Brickhouse, Harry Carey, you know, broadcast <laughs> that we do anyway. Right. But just being able to kind of put it out there in those moments uh, was a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm hoping that they're able to duplicate that. Absolutely. And again, for our listeners, you can go and watch it on MILB TV as well. And if you go to the website, the Tennessee Smoky website, and you click on the team tab right there, it'll take you to the Smokies radio network and it'll let you listen live. So just really get to know this team because there's a lot of special players on here that are going to be making their way to Chicago. Mick, thank you so much for jumping on here. Um, I know you have a new podcast. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your podcast and where they can find it? Yeah, and you're going to be on there. So they need to come check out where we switch roles on uh, the, 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 the channel. But it's a YouTube channel. It's a Cubs baseball channel on YouTube. And uh, basically, you know, we talk about the Cubs. We talk about the, you know, any of the upcoming stars. We do some interviews, you know, um, had guys like you on there, David Kaplan, Lawrence Holmes, like, you know, my friends, Patrick Mooney, like it, it's just been so fun to develop these relationships over the years. And then we get on there and what people don't see is, you know, we're talking minor league baseball here. You and I, we just we were chewing the fat like for like a half hour before this even started. And I'm like, hey, let's just do a show on my podcast and we'll just do this. So it's it's a Cubs baseball channel. And uh, Crawley, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of you. I told you that that's. I don't always, you know, I've got a lot going on right now, but I, anytime you need me, man, I'm always coming on. And I, and I cannot wait to come drink some of your keg, kegerator beer in your studio. Well, not, I keep calling a studio in your man cave. Hey, you have a hundred percent invitation. Anytime, Mick, you let me know. And we'll, I'll definitely make sure we, we tear it up at Wrigley field, my friend. Yep. I, we're, can we sit in the bleachers together? Anytime you want. Is that cool? How, are you there a lot? I'm wherever anywhere. I'm where the action is. Okay. I don't know. So wherever you want to sit, you tell me. We'll we'll get a seat there and we'll have some fun. We're gonna do um, a, uh, a a show like a watch party type thing from Wrigleyville, and um, I want you to come and hang out with me when I do that. And then uh, and I don't know when. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I got like 15 different fires in the iron right now. But that's something that's that's in the works. And I mean, I just want to drink beer and talk Cubs. And kind of have like a rotation of people that come through and hang with us. So you're invited. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. And we'll show you a good time. Thank you so much, Mick Gillespie. And we'll talk to you soon. Go Cubs.